Welcome to Sky Women. I'm your host, Dr. Carolyn Moyers, a wife, mom, and board-certified OB-GYN. This is a place to educate, empower, and inspire. Join us each week as we share the power of women's stories. Real women, real stories, real inspiration. Put on your stretchy pants. Let's get going. Welcome, Sky community. Welcome back. Good morning. It's Wednesday and another episode of Sky Women, and you are in for a treat. And I know I say that quite often, but I really mean it because today we have with us Lindsay Harper, who is a physician. She is an OB-GYN. She is the founder and CEO of Rosie. And if you don't know about Rosie, let me tell you, gals, I am sending all of my patients to Rosie, R-O-S-Y. It is a fabulous app. Dr. Harper created the first of its kind platform out of frustration when she couldn't find a modern and accessible resource to help her patients. Rosie is a resource to connect the 84 million women in the U.S. with sexual problems, and it gives them hope, community, and research-based or research-backed solutions to improve their lives. Dr. Harper completed her OB-GYN residency in 2011 at Baylor Scott & White in Dallas, Texas. She saw patients in private practice for seven years and is now a hospitalist. And Dr. Harper is the Associate Professor of OB-GYN at the Texas A&M College of Medicine, a fellow of the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology, and a fellow in the International Society for the Study of Women's Sexual Health. And she's been named Forbes Top 53 Women Disrupting Healthcare People's Newspaper 20 Under 40, a top innovator in North Texas for 2020, and a DBJ top women in tech. Welcome. Thank you so much. That was, I feel like that was such a great introduction. Thanks, Dr. Moyers. I appreciate the invitation to be here. Absolutely. Dr. Harper, this is oh, Lindsay. So we're, we're going to call you Lindsay because yes. we're friends. This is a chat Perfect. between girlfriends on the couch and you just happen to be absolute expert. This is really exciting because I think most OB-GYNs have this frustration with not really having super sources to send their patients to when they're having issues with sexual wellness. And I mean, why is this so important Just to kind of walk me through that frustration that led to you building this app, this revolution <laughs> that's going on? Yeah, with thank you. Yeah. So, I mean, exactly what you were saying. I was seeing patients every day and the challenge with these patients is that number one, they were all experiencing sexual problems. So for example, low desire, trouble with orgasm, trouble with arousal, sexual pain. But the, the compounding factor was that each of them felt like they were the only one suffering, that they were especially broken or that there was something super weird about them because they had this problem and they didn't think that anyone else did. You know, we always have the tendency because we don't talk about sexual health and sexual issues, particularly for women to think that everyone else is having this amazing sex life and everything's going great and nobody has any issues except for us. And we internalize that as women. And so I was seeing that play out, you know, visit after visit with my patients sure. and to make matters worse, I didn't even really know how to help them because I hadn't been trained in residency. And, and that's right. the case for most, you know, OBGYN residents. This is not a huge part or any part of what we learn. And there's something really wrong with that. You know, I spent two weeks in an erectile dysfunction clinic as a medical student. We all know that urologists spend a large chunk of their time taking care of men's sexual health, but who does that for women, right? And the answer is nobody. Right. And I really think the answer should be gynecologists. Right. But the first step in that is to convince gynecologists that we need to talk to our patients about sexual health. We have to have an easy resource for them to, to refer, you know, for, to for their patients with these problems. And so 
that was really my step in this field is to say, hey, you know, there are evidence-based interventions, but they're not accessible. They're not curated. They're certainly not like personalized in any way. Can we do that? And the answer that we found was yes. And, and the modality through which we did that was technology. So that was about three years ago. And, you know, we're super excited to be supported by more than 7% of OBGYNs in the country, more than 4,300 doctors and therapists, and have hundreds of thousands of users at this point. So this is not just a you problem if you're having a sexual issue. It's, it's yeah. super duper common and 43% of women do. 43% of women. And I do think that women feel like they're broken and they do feel like it's them that's the problem right? when there's a mismatch in desire in their relationships, right? Yeah. Well, right. We're made to feel that way. That's what the narrative is. That's what, sure. you know, we as women tend to take on problems just to solve ourselves yeah. rather than asking other people to solve their own problems. There's multiple variables there that really, you know, culminate in us sort of suffering in silence. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So we know that women's sexual health is so important because we are sexual beings and we are in relationships and we have these innate desires, right? Or, or lack thereof that is causing us distress in our relationships. So stepping outside the box, I want to talk about that a little bit because, you know, when we're raised up in this academic era as we're training as OBGYNs, as physicians, it's pretty interesting when you start talking about or thinking about stepping outside the box because everybody else is wondering, well, how are you going to make money again? And it's almost like you're doing it wrong because you're doing it different than us. Yeah. I think there's a huge missed opportunity in the field of medicine. You know, we we all want to do such a good job, right? We yeah. want to take good care of our patients. Most of us are, you know, very type A. And I would say the majority of us are pleasers in the fact that we don't, we don't like to get in trouble. <laughs> and so, you know, along with that comes a bit of conformity. And we do also, I think the other challenge in medicine particularly is that, you know, our first oath is that we do no harm. And, and we feel a lot of security in the pathways that have you know, been laid out for us in sure. the algorithms that have been, you know, studied and proven. And so to take a risk and go outside of that is, can be, you know, a little unsettling for those of us who, you know, we want to do no harm. That's truly our, our, uh, you know, utmost desire. And so I think though, that there's an opportunity in medical school, in residency, in medicine at large to encourage innovation, to encourage that we, you know, really step outside of the box and think of other ways of doing it. You know, before this, we were having a huge conversation about how medicine is broken. And unless, unless we fix it internally, someone else is going to try to fix it for us. And that's, you know, there's been lots of examples of that, that don't work for physicians and end up not working for patients either, because that's not whose best interest is at heart. Right. And so I really firmly believe that medicine, innovation and in medicine needs to come from physicians. And I think particularly in women's health that women physicians are, you know, perfectly positioned to be able to make that difference because we can really see both sides of the coin. We've been patients. We've been in situations where our needs have not been met in the way that we want them to be met. But also we understand the intricacies and the regulatory side and all of the, you know, things that are really hard for outsiders to understand about medicine. So yeah. I think that if we encourage innovation, if we teach entrepreneurship in medical school and residency, be able to reimagine medicine and patient care and just health in general in a way that we would want it to be done rather than, you know, outsiders trying to innovate within our, our area of expertise. Yes, I do think that us taking control, taking the, the reins back. You know, I think for so long, a lot of us, especially in our era, we were around, 
graduated around the same time, that we had this feeling that we needed to be employed, that private practice was dead, that, you know, there was just kind of this one way to practice and to do medicine. It was kind of like get in line or, or get out, you know? Yeah. I love seeing physicians stepping outside the box and doing all these incredible creative things and being resourceful and really disrupting their industries. And I feel like that's exactly what you're doing. Well, thank you. And I feel also it's about like regaining our creativity. I think we give a lot of that away in medicine as we're, as we're training, we don't, we don't allow ourselves and we're not encouraged to be creative when it comes to how to solve people's problems. And when it comes to how to create the lives that we want for ourselves. And when we regain that creativity, you know, like with, with what you're doing, with what I'm doing, it's so energizing and life-giving and we find the passion for medicine and for taking care of patients again. And so I think that, you know, there's such a, such a need for that for so many of us who are, you know, out in the world trying to, trying to figure it out. Yeah, absolutely. And we're all trying to figure it out one, one day at a time, right? That's right. (laughs) So that's a great segue to how in the world do you figure out how to create an app and how do you fund it? Yeah, girl. I mean, literally it is one step at a time. And I like to talk about entrepreneurship in this way because there's there might be like a huge mountain that you know you want to climb or summit or whatever, however sure. you want to talk about the, the goal. But literally the day-to-day action of it is what is the next best step, right? And so mm-hmm. for us, it was all about, you know, proving out the concept. The way that this all got started is that, you know, I really was excited to learn about the evidence-based interventions for it all started with low desire. And yeah. those and those fit well, most of them in a platform. And when it came to education, when it came to self-help, when it came to erotica, these were all things that could be delivered and personalized in a digital health platform. And so we had to sort of crank out the first version of that. And that involved a partnership with a development company here in Dallas for equity. And so, you know, I try to be super transparent about this whole process because it didn't appear from nowhere. And it right. you weren't an overnight you know, success. It, what? No, there's not. No. I mean, and I still have like decades of this to go to be what I would consider successful. And so, you know, there are, if down into the nitty gritty of it, you know, you have to have what's called like an MVP or a minimum viable product in order to show people if you want to raise any money. And so we created that initial MVP for equity. We, I was able to fundraise our first round in 2009. It closed in 2020, right before COVID literally in February. And You know, the thing about technology is that there's a lot that maybe I would say specifically physicians don't know. The first is that, you know, we raised, we raised a million dollars our first round. And at the time I thought that that was like a crazy number to raise, but in the end it didn't last very long. (laughs) And it's because engineers are really freaking expensive (laughs) and it also takes money to like market and sell. And so these are just all things to learn, right? There's nothing though that I feel like we can't do. I can find the right people. I certainly don't know most of of the things that I've done in the past three years. I didn't know those beforehand, but I found somebody that did. And there was so much support available to me in terms of other physician entrepreneurs, in terms of other technology entrepreneurs, in terms of the sexual health field. So I've been just constantly supported and surrounded by people who are willing to share and give up their time. And so I hope to continue to do that for other people as well, because it's been super duper helpful for me. And so it's all just about what's the next problem to be solved. Is it, you know, creating the very first piece of content. So for that, I call Lori Mintz, who's a 
sex therapist. I had never met her, but I had just read her books. I'm like, Hey, I'm this crazy gynecologist. I want to make the platform. Will you help me? And so she created content with me. And then I, you know, reached out to somebody random for our first check. And then once we had our first check, then, you know, that, that process kept going, but I pitched more than a hundred times the first round. And it took me, you know, months on months to get that deal done, but that allowed me to hire our first team. Right. That allowed me to start to market, you know, direct to consumer and also to, to let the, get the word out there to physicians that we were available. So it's, it's never easy, but it's always, you're always learning something new. That's for sure. So yeah. as long as you're open to that and willing to be a creative problem solver and you've yeah. got the support that you need and then, then it'll happen. So you found this, you found a gap in your industry, right? I'm assuming you love women's health. That's why you were there, right? And then you find this gap in this industry and you see a creative solution. And yeah, you're right. You like, you don't know all the answers. You didn't know how to create an app, but you know that you can figure it out by finding the resources, right? And by collaborating with others, It's, it's a joint effort. I love that. So let's get to the real meat and what listeners really want to know is what's in the app okay. and how can they use it to enhance <laughs> their sexual health? Yes. Oh my gosh. So, you know, it has been a journey. And when you think about a software product, the best thing about software is that it's never done. It's not like a book. You like the last, you know, page and or the last right. sentence in and then you Since ship the it. Print. Like yeah. we're never, <laughs> yeah, we're never done with software, but that's also right. the really cool part about it. Cause we are continually sort of learning and evolving. So right now, the way that the product looks is that if you download it, you can download it in either app store, R O S Y. And we have, you know, like a 4.8 uh, rating in the app store, lots of, lots of love and support. And then you, ta- you download the app, you take our sexual wellness quiz. And it's about a 27 question questionnaire, depending upon how you answer some of the answers. And it takes into account all aspects of the many facets of our sexuality, our medical sort of health, our reproductive status. Are we taking care of other people like children or aging parents? What's our religious context? Are we having any mental health issues? What specific sexual problems are we trying to solve? And also what's going on with our partner if we have a partner? So there's many, many ways that we create this personalized experience, but the sexual health or the sexual wellness questionnaire helps us to do that through those questions. Then the user gets a score based on the female sexual function indicator, which is a standardized and validated questionnaire. And then she can start to kind of explore the resources. So she can go into day one of her personalized journey, which feeds her content that's created by experts based on how she answered that questionnaire. So for example, if a patient is experiencing sexual pain, we always address sexual pain first through a class that we created with one of our contributors who's a pelvic and sexual pain specialist. But then she also might want to explore erotica because many women who have low desire or any sexual problem or just who want to, you know, get in the mood, learn to think about erotica as a way to kickstart that pathway. And we have three different flames of erotica. So all the way from one flame, like the notebook to three flames, like, you know, 50 shades or something, something extra. And then we have nine different genres. So people can, if you, you know, some of the users and actually my first user testers were my patients. So one of them specifically communicated to me that she felt very uncomfortable with erotica. She felt like she was cheating on her partner. And I really took that to heart because this was one of my like beloved patients. The last thing I would ever want to do is offend her, right? And and her doing me a favor by testing my product offended her. So we made a section of erotica just for her, basically, where it's like one flame and married or monogamous. 
right? And okay. so it merely suggests the idea of sex. We're not, there's nothing graphic there. Okay, um, okay. But the point is, is that there's, <laughs> there's something for everybody and we really yeah. want to make it approachable for every, you know, every person who comes into the platform. There's also community where women can share their stories. There's coaching both on the group level and on the individual level that users can access. Um, and we're always, I mean, right, this morning we had another meeting about what are we going to do next? And there, it's a never ending sort of, you know, pile of ideas that are so exciting and innovative and creative. And it's just really constantly fun to use. Evolving. It's, it's, yes, it's constantly evolving. And we get to use the information that we learn from our users to help direct, you know, the direction of the future product. Sure. So let's go back to the erotica because I could see somebody like your patient, you know, feeling yeah. like, wait, is this porn? Like, what are we getting into yeah. here? So kind of explain the science behind even incorporating erotica into this. Yeah. So whenever, as I mentioned, I was learning about evidence-based interventions, erotica was one of them. And I was just as surprised as anyone else. But I was like, this is pretty cool. So what we learn, you know, when we're learning about women's sexual health is that some women experience spontaneous desire. And many of us do throughout our lives, especially when we're younger. So you might have spontaneous sex, uh, thoughts of sex and sexual mm -hmm. desire. And I want to have sex and let's figure out how this is going to all happen. But some, for some women, they don't experience that. Or some women, it changes over time and they start to experience something instead called responsive desire, mm -hmm. which is that when they are exposed to a sexual stimulus, for example, erotica, and I define erotica as like written you know, written word about that incorporates sex, right? So it's this not like the saucy video, novel like you before. can get at the, at the grocery yes. store, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, okay, it's okay. like the saucy novel. I love saucy. That's so cute. <laughs> That's how I'm going to start pitching her now on the saucy novel. So yeah, it's written, which feels a lot safer to women particularly. But also the other thing about porn, like video porn, is that as women, we often judge ourselves against what we see in the video. Mm -hmm. So we're too busy thinking about like, dang, like her abs are awesome. You know what I mean? Rather and comparing right. like my body doesn't that, measure up to that. Yeah, exactly. But if it's written, we have a little bit more leeway with ourselves to kind of explore those sexual thoughts because we're not distracted by all of that comparison. Not to say that porn can't do the same job. It certainly can. But for us, erotica is, you know, the direction that we've always headed and it feels a little safer, I think to us, and then also to our users. Yeah. And it, that's what's evidence-based too. We don't, have data to say that porn does the same thing. I would surmise that it does, but mm -hmm. we do have data about erotica. So that was, that's okay. sort of the baseline for its inclusion. So it's a story that's spoken to you through the app. Is that right? Or they're sitting in, uh, you could either, yeah, you can, there's reading stories and there's also audio stories. So okay. either whatever, whatever users prefer. Okay. All right. So outside of the erotica, there is also lots of great short clips of educational around all the different topics. There's coaching, Absolutely. there's group community. Like this is really amazing because I do know, know that so many women feel alone in this. And um, especially I think in that peri postmenopausal, like we're comparing ourselves against our 20 year old self and, and, and patients are really having a hard time with all the symptoms that they're having. And they feel like that they are the ones who are broken. And so I love that there is this resource available. I'm, I mean, I well, don't like t-shirts, but I have Rosie's t-shirts and I wear them like the one about what is the, what is the vulva, the catchy phrase you have about the vulva. It says Viva La Vulva. Viva La Vulva. Okay. So I wear, Viva I wear that several, several places and everyone always gets a oh. They're like, they know that I'm yes. a when I walk in with Viva La Vulva. 
It is definitely a conversation starter. I wore it to pick up my 11-year-old daughter from a birthday party the other day. And she was like, mom. And I was like, I'm officially that mom. But I don't care. People love us. amazing. Well, you're <laughs> a, your own walking billboard. <laughs> That's right. I mean, who's going to wear it if I'm not? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, so tell me what kind of feedback you're getting from users. And how are you getting that feedback within the app? Yeah. So there's a few different ways we get feedback. One is in the app store. Another is emails. People email us, our users email us all the time, which we love. And Mm -hmm. Nora on our team is in charge of what we call customer success. So making sure that, you know, users are getting what they need from the product. They're able to find what they need in the product. And also if there are any difficulties in terms of, you know, whatever that we're able to address those. So she gets a lot of emails too. And then also we conduct a bunch of user testing. So that could be in the form of user interviews. That could be in the form of emails or surveys. Um, and then the, the other thing we're working on right now is in-app sort of surveys of, about experience. So that's exciting too, to get kind of real-time stuff. But yeah, so we gather information through all these different channels. And I mean, whenever we're building a company, the most we could ever ask for is to is to help people through a digital product, but to help so many different kinds of people, I think is what's really cool about digital health because we can personalize each person's journey, right? So we can right. make a journey for, you know, a 22-year-old who has had an experience of sexual trauma and, and right. has sexual pain, just like we can make a different experience for, you know, a new mom who's postpartum and nursing and, and right. you know, just dealing with all the, all the new transitional parts. And to your point, we can make one for perimenopausal or menopausal patients with all of these amazing experts, right? So doctors yeah. from around the country, pelvic floor physical therapists leading our users through, you know, using a dilator at home. We have oncologists on there to talk to cancer patients about sexuality. So the opportunity to bring these really knowledgeable experts to each of our users in a way that's never been done before and that's vetted and private, you know, I think is is so cool. And our users are experiencing the benefits of that, both in terms of how they're viewing their own sexual problems and also in terms of how they're experiencing those in terms of level of severity and distress as well. Right. So it'd be curious, are you doing any kind of study where you're looking at the level of distress that they have when signing up for Rosie and then after, you know, X number of months using Rosie? Yeah. So we have, we we do lots of studies all the time and anyone who's interested in research, please reach out because we're looking at all kinds of fun things. And I love this part of the business and the fact that we have so much data, which by the way, from a privacy standpoint, all of our identifying data. So like emails and names is yeah. all de-identified from clinical data on the back end. So just right. in case anyone's, you know, worrying or wondering about that, but we have, we have, you know, presented several studies at ACOG, at ISWISH, um, at some mental health conferences. We have looked at HSDD and actually our patients who would potentially qualify for HSDD based on that diagnostic screener, the DSDS, did show clinically significant improvement after use of Rosie. And in fact, we have another study that looked at scores across the board for, for, for on the FSFI. Those showed statistically significant improvement across the board and that the more users used Rosie, the more improvement that they saw. Okay. There was a nutty, another study out of Cedars that the physicians from Cedars-Sinai reviewed the app's 
in the in the app store about sexual health and wellness and Rosie was the only one that they recommended. So we have lots That's of exciting, exciting. Yeah, data and research coming out. Yeah. Okay. So I just want to clarify for listeners that the HSDD, that's the hypoactive sexual desire disorder. So women, when women have a distressing level of low sexual desire for a continuous period of, period of time that is not defined by any other medical indication. So that's what she was referring to that there's been significant improvement shown with using the app. Yeah. So it sounds like it's fairly painless. You go to your app store and you download Rosie, R-O-S-Y. You fill yep. out the survey, give your email address. What's the cost? Yeah, so there is, you can do all of everything you just said completely for free. Okay. Um, if you want access to like the daily personalized content, like all the educational stuff, and then also to the library of erotica, that's $10 a month. So basically oh, okay. everything on the digital platform is $10 a month. If you want to start adding in coaching and the, the purpose of coaching is really to connect about these issues that we don't often get to connect with other people on in a real way. And they're done and the group coaching is done anonymously. So you get to do so in a private way that might not be able to be recreated in another format. And that that is the next level of subscription, which is $50 a month. But there is a sale right now where you can do your first month for 25. And then the next level is individual coaching coaching. So if you want to work with one of our coaches on something specific, then they can give you that one-on-one -on -one attention. And that includes the group coaching and all of the digital content as well. That's $150 a month, but right now it's 75 for the first month as well. Very approachable. I mean, very affordable options. And I think that so many women, whenever they're in this level of distress, they're looking for anything. And when they yep. can find something as good quality as Rosie. So as a fellow OBGYN, I have surveyed this product. I have looked at it myself. I have filled out the survey. I have watched or listened to one of the erotic stories that was relevant to my life, like putting kids to bed and like, am I going to do the dishes or am I going to yeah. have, have intimate time <laughs> with my partner? And I was like, oh, this is super relevant. Okay. I get it. <laughs> um, you know, it just kind of like gets you thinking about that, you know? Yeah. So I re refer all of my patients to this app. I think it is phenomenal to have such a good quality evidence-based format for this, you know? Thank you. It, it's just amazing. I just think, and I think other OBGYNs are just kind of marveled at what you've done. Truly, Lindsay, like this is really, really oh. cool. <laughs> So cool. Well, thank you so much. Honestly, like from the bottom of my heart, none of this would be possible without OBGYN support. Honestly, like if we didn't have that, this business would not exist. The future of the company would not be bright. Like that is such a huge piece of it. So thank yeah. you so much for each and every recommendation. Yeah. And honestly, for that, that support widely, because we wouldn't be doing what we're doing without it. So it's a huge, huge piece of it. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you for what you're doing for women's sexual health and your participation at the International Society for Women, the health study of women's sexual health it was phenomenal just to have you there and have you supporting and, and, and spreading the word. That was an amazing conference, was it not? It was so good. I know so we've good. had some good conferences this spring. ACOG was really good this spring. Yeah. And it's been fun to kind of get back into the swing of things and get to see everybody and connect. There's honestly just nothing like, you know, connecting in person. I'm glad we are able to keep afloat through modalities like this. But right. I think that <laughs> that opportunity to reset and reconnect is so powerful. So I've been yeah. so excited to get back into all that. Yeah, absolutely. It was a pleasure to meet you in person. And I felt like we were old time friends just because of Same. all of our social media. <laughs>
<laughs> keeping in touch in that regard. So thank you so much for coming on Sky Women today and chatting and letting my listeners know all about Rosie. Um, Cause I feel like we have to hear it a couple of times before we're like, oh yeah, I'm going to go check that out. Rosie is a phenomenal resource for you if you're having any curiosity or concerns about your sexual health. So go check it out, friends. Until next week. Amazing. Thank you. All right, Sky community. Thank you for listening to another episode. This episode was sponsored by Sky Women's Health. As a reminder, we're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and we help relieve back pain and pelvic pain in pregnancy and beyond. If you are pregnant and having pain and you feel like you have no reliable way to relieve it, look us up at skywomenshealth.com, request an appointment, and we'll call to get you scheduled. As a board-certified OB-GYN with a Neuromusculoskeletal Medicine Fellowship, I help you realign with hands-on drug-free treatment and relieve pain on the spot without medication. We'll help you maintain these results through your pregnancy and postpartum period. Every pregnant person deserves this, and we are so excited to serve you. You can find us on our website, as mentioned, or on social at Sky Women's Health, or you can call the office at 817-915-9803. That's it for today. Until next week, be well.